Hey, you're listening to the Built Different Podcast with James Mayhew and Kevin Wormwood. I'm James. I'm Kevin. And on this podcast, hey, we're going to talk with you about leading your business through the lens of integrity, dignity, and prosperity. And a company that's built different makes conscious, intentional, and consistent decisions around these principles. And that helps you attract and retain great people, develop leaders from within, and it ensures that you're serving your employees and customers with excellence every single day. So whether you lead a team of five, 500, or 5,000, and you desire to make a difference in the lives of others, hey, you're in the right place. Our goal is to help you stand out and be known for having a company that doesn't just say they're different, but is different by operating with integrity and treating everyone with dignity and creating a space where people prosper. You know, today what we're going to focus on is how do we ensure that 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 new hire that we have is being treated with integrity? Uh, they're seeing operation with dignity. They're seeing others treated with dignity. And we're, we're creating a space, like you said, that's helping them be prosperous, right? So we're going to talk about some pulse checks, whether that be 30, 60, 90 day. And we're not talking about a progress pulse check where we're just going over some metrics and saying, hey, you've hit your goal, you missed your goal. We're talking about a deep dive in integrity, dignity, and prosperity. How do we talk about those things now so we're having a long-term conversation six, eight, nine months down the road around these things? Yeah. You know, Kevin, I think there's something that's really cool about the entire hiring process, which is which is you and I have had an offline conversation about how long that actually is or how we view the length of that. But in this first few weeks that an employee joins your your team, you've you've recruited them. You, you interviewed them, you made the decision to hire them. They're the best fit. And let's say you've done all of those things and it's, and it's been really great. Here's the thing that's, that's very fascinating to me is you have a kind of like this unique window of time to find out from them. How did we do, how, you know, what's, what has it, <laughs> yeah. how's it gone yeah. for you in these first few weeks, you know? And so like when, if you're the new hire, the first few days, it's, it's like overwhelming. It feels uh, you know, like you, you're learning so many different things. You're learning about, it's like you're just struggling to remember names of people, right? That's that's a big concern you've got. Not only are the technology and you're going to this meeting and you're trying to find your way around, but but what happens, and you're feeling really good. And then what happens after that, now I suppose this could be virtual too, so I, so I need to pay, I guess be mindful about that. But one of the things that we want to be able to do is tap into what do they know in these first few days? And what, what we can find in mind from that is, hey, did we do a good job on onboarding you, integrating you into who we are? Are you picking up on the culture here? Is it in alignment with the stuff that we said when we were you know, recruiting you and, and it was all here? Because this is a great opportunity for you to say, um, to learn rather, that you aren't doing as good as you thought. And it, you, it, as you build that trust and that respect with this new hire, you tell them up front that, hey, in, I don't know, 15 days, 30 days, 45, 60, whatever the, the frequencies are, hey, we're going to sit down and we're going to ask you some questions about this. And, you know, it's going to happen a couple of different times. We really want you to be open and honest with us because our job here is to get better at this. We're in this this desire. Part of our culture is that we want to constantly improve in this part. And if you don't tap into that, what'll happen before long is you get into four months, five months, six months. It is a totally different, they're totally for the most part then in, ingrained in, in what you're doing 
and they've forgotten yeah. how it used to be. Yeah. Here, here's what you're doing too by being proactive in these conversations, right? Is you're you're creating an environment that is a fences down conversation. I love that right? term, fences so down. It's gonna start, it's gonna start off very simplistic and and some of the questions and conversation you'll have will be very elevated, right? It's not gonna be very granular because you're trying to set the tone, you're trying to build rapport and trust, right? So when a new employee comes in, they have high commitment uh, and they have most likely relatively low competence, right? And here's what I mean by high commitment, right? They left an organization, uh, most likely they left an organization or, a, or an employer or a role uh, where they were successful. And for whatever reason, uh, the timing wasn't there. Maybe there was an opportunity, whatever reason, they made the decision to leave that organization and come to you. So right now, uh, the first week or two, especially, right, you think about it in a time frame, that first little bit, I'm super excited yeah. to be here. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's great. It's a great place yep. to be, right? And then after that, all of a sudden, the shine, if you will, wears off yeah. the apple. And now it's like, oh, man, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have left, right? Maybe I shouldn't have left. Uh, I'm, I, I don't really know what I don't know. It seems like I always have questions. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know if I can trust these people, right? So really, you want to tap into that person and, and create this conversation piece around support, understanding, um, openness. So that way, when there is tension, when there are issues, if you will, when there is some coaching that needs to go on, there's a, there's a good level of conversation there in context there where you can have uh, some deep conversation. And, and you can catch people um, not only doing things right, but you can put them in an environment where they're going to be transparent with you and you can help them be prosperous. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think about, as, as we were just talking about, you're going to see that transition where they, they start to kind of understand that I don't know a lot of things in this new role. I don't know a lot of things about this organization. And they really start to question it. And if you've got somebody there that's nurturing, supporting, kind of seeks them out, has an open dialogue and conversation with them. They can help get them through that time frame and keep them plugged in, right? Um, That's a great point. And then yeah. you 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 think about how much you've invested to get to this point. Let's say we're thirty days in, and you got somebody that's on the ropes already, right? Like they've went three rounds with Ali, and they're thinking about whether or not they even want to stay in this thing. Uh, it's great if you've already set the groundwork, and that could be somebody that's in a figurative uh, leadership position, if you will, right? An actual uh, high-level leader. It could just be a mentor, somebody that if your organization is structured right, this should be somebody that you're looking as a potential leader down the road that's showing some some signs of life, has a, a zeal and a passion for developing people, and they're kind of mentoring some. I had a leader that was great at this uh, early on in my career, uh, had me uh, kind of travel down this path and help me discover my fire for that, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think he was utilizing that well. He saw it in me and thought, man, I, I want this guy to tap into our new hires and our people. And I could build that bridge with him. And we were similar, right? Because uh, we were both sales associates, if you will. We were all sales associates. So the same struggles they were having, or the same struggles I had, uh, the same successes they were experiencing were the same successes I had experienced. So we could speak to that at a different level. Um, but anyways, it was be, it was about the proactive conversation, right? Uh, how is how is the job uh, in relation to the hiring process, right? Those those are some of the questions. Like, hey, you were brought in for this particular role. Do you feel like that job description aligns with what you're doing? 
uh, we talked about it, that in our previous episode, right? But, um, you know, shoot, we might find out that we're hiring people and the job description has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell me about the hiring process. What did you think about the hiring process? What, what ways could we improve it? You know, from your perspective, what ways, what things would you change? What really, what really worked? Um, what are some, what are some things that you're seeing out there that other companies did when you were going through hiring processes? Mm, that's you a know, really, for best practices? I love that question to be able to ask them you know, because maybe they've gone through some really great interview processes. They ultimately didn't get the job. That's why they're with you or they chose not to take it, but there's maybe something that they learned that, that was really great that they liked or also, they can say, gosh, don't ever do it the way that company B did it, you know? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. R- listen, man, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, some of the best information you can get is what not to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, so an applicant may not be able to tell you what to do, but they might tell you what didn't work for somebody yeah. else, you know, or why, or why, you know, Hey, tell me again, which this stuff could have been uncovered in the interview process. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been, but it's always great to button that back up, especially now that somebody's invested and they're in there, right? See if the answers line up. Is there is there something we can learn from this experience and how they join the team? What what so what made you choose our company? You know why? Why us? What sticks out to you? What about the process spoke to you? Uh, you know, different things. Just where can we where can we improve? Where can we hone in on it? Um, you know, and what things could we drive home? I follow a, uh, a, a wonderful influencer. Um, I don't think she intended to be an influencer, but she is on LinkedIn. Her name's Robin story. Do you, you know who I'm talking about, Kevin? Yeah. 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 yeah she's yeah, a recruiter. Yeah. Um, she has, a um, a really great sense of the way that companies screw up the whole recruiting, hiring process, onboarding. And one of the things that, that she often is talking about is, how many, you know, how we drag people through a hiring process or we require them to meet certain criteria or we're going to put you through seven interviews. We're going to make you take all these tests. We're going to ask you to write something for us that we might steal even if we don't hire you. And she's like, that, that is not how you should do it. And that, that really speaks to me when we start again, coming back to integrity and dignity as well as prosperity. It's all three of these things. This is a three-legged stool for sure. And, and so if if I am maybe putting uh, candidates through the ringer and and I can, there's times when I could feel like I could justify why you would want to do that. I, but I'm, I just don't ever want to lose sight of, remember they're a human being and let's, let's dignify them by remembering and, you know, like treating them like that. Let's communicate with them in a respectful way. And if we, let's not string them on for six weeks because I know that's happening because listen, maybe Mm -hmm. they've been without a job for three or four or six months, whatever it is. And they need this income and they're wondering, they hope that you're going to call you string them on for six weeks. And maybe they told another company, no, and then, cause they thought you were, you know, you've told them, Hey, we really like you. And, and, uh, we're going to call you in for this final interview. And then you don't get it. That's not dignity. That's not even operating with integrity. And those are the kinds of things that really leave a stain in people's, you know, memories about what your experience is. And then they're going, they're the ones that are going out there on glass door or wherever and leaving reviews about that. So you can't go out there and say, hey, our company, you know, we do what we say, we, we, we operate with integrity because that is a value that's pretty common out there. But then these applicants, there's this, there's this litany, this long, long string of, of candidates that would say it's not really the way it is out there. And, and I think those are the things, again, kind of coming back to you could learn this from people who have gone through some bad hiring processes because 
again, we're in a little microcosm when we're inside of our own business and we forget that there's other ways that people do stuff. Some are bad, some are good. And if we aren't studying those, we don't know how, how to improve and how to stay, you know, leading that, uh, that, that arena. Yeah. And if you, if you're asking questions of the people that are going through those processes, right, you're going to learn something. You're going to learn something good or bad. You're going to learn what, what things could I tweak in my process that's going to make us more efficient and effective and, and is going to streamline our process some, uh, what are some things that, that other companies are doing that are leading edge, uh, that's, that's transformational, right? Or are, are companies doing zoom interviews? I don't know, uh, if they are or not, but, uh, well, I mean, I do, <laughs> I do have that answer, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're, if you're a company that's always doing them in person, you're missing out, right? We talked about this, uh, I think just personally in a conversation, but we talked about, you know, companies who are more willing to hire people, uh, for a remote location, right? Because now what they're doing, and I, I remember having this conversation with a couple key, uh, executives, uh, when COVID was first happening and I was talking about how it was going to transform their business. And it was kind of a head scratching moment, right? They're kind of looking at me like, well, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of levels. I mean, one, you're going to see this acceptance of remote work, unlike the, the, the anything we've ever seen. Uh, you're also going to have organizations that start evaluating offices, mm. right? We got this 30,000 square foot office space in downtown that we're paying a premium price for. Is that necessary? Uh, when we can have people working at home that aren't making an hour commute here, hour commute back, uh, you know, they can be efficient and effective and, and execute uh, at that level. But, uh, you know, again, I think you see a lot of companies now starting to transition back, but the ones that are kind of leading that forefront, right, they're asking the questions. They're asking people what's working, what's not. What about a hybrid role, right? If What if we allowed you an opportunity to come into the office one or two days a week and still work from home three or four days a week, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if the result is being executed, then the how isn't necessarily relevant. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you can you can manage the result or you can manage the process. Sometimes you can't manage mm. both. So, you know, pick your poison, right? Do, do I want to dictate to you the, the result and, and set that in stone? This is the result I need you to deliver. Or do I want to micromanage the process? Uh, so, uh, you know, I think about, you know, having, having an employee on the team uh, that's being treated with dignity. And I think about the conversation piece around that, right? It's, it's how, how are they treated when nobody else is, is in the room, right? When I'm, if I'm an executive, uh, I'm a leader, uh, I think about my past roles as a regional manager, uh, you'd show up to the store and everybody's on their best behavior, right? Uh, district manager uh, in my last role and I'd travel into Canada, right? They knew I was coming. Uh, they, <laughs> they knew for a few weeks I was coming, right? So I expected the store to look right. That's a no-brainer, right? It's, a, it's kind of a head-scratcher if you show up and it does look like a clustered mess. Uh, so you expect it to be on cloud nine. But what's important is having the conversation with the teams of what the environment is like when I'm not there. Who do you seek out uh, when you have questions, uh, you know, who, who's the first person that comes over and celebrates a win? You know, who is that person, right? There's a lot of reasons why you're asking those questions, but it also gives you insight into the environment of the team that you have around those people. Are they even celebrating wins? You'd be amazed how many organizations are not proactive in celebrating oh, sure. wins. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, and, and from a new employee standpoint, I mean, think about, Think about what that says to you. If you're a new employee and you see people achieving and excelling and nobody cares, mm -hmm. right? Oftentimes, the person that's going to get the most attention is what? The squeaky mm -hmm. wheel, right? 
the person that shows up late, the person that's underperforming, the person that has uh, some character flaws, right? Those are the ones that get the attention yep. and the focus, right? Not the ones that are uh, are getting the result. Um, so, you know, being being proactive in those conversations, right? Who, who do you go to when you're feeling like you need to be recharged? Uh, and I think for me as a leader, right, not only does that give me insight into the environment they're in, but it also gives me a pipeline for development of others around them, right? Because you're going to hear some common names, not only some that need some coaching up, right? You're going to hear some people that need some coaching up, but you're also going to hear some people that are that are overperforming, if you will, right? That are stepping outside of their role and, and they're excelling. And they're doing those things. They're treating people with dignity. They're celebrating their successes. They're picking them up when they fall down and they're dusting them off and having them get back in the game and they're encouraging them. And they're not always going to be people that have the title. Uh, and that's going to give you some insight into that, right? Um, and I think the same thing when you talk about prosperity, right? What, what, what do you aspire to be? What are you trying to achieve? How are we helping you do that? Uh, you know, some proactive conversations around those things. As I said early on in the process, it's going to be very high level because there's going to be a little bit of trust that needs to be built. Yeah, up. for sure. Lots of lots of things that that I think about here, and as we circle, kind of coming back to the the idea of what you could learn from somebody at 30 days, or or learn from them at 60 days, or at 90, whatever the 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 number might be. What are some of the things, Kevin, that that you would prioritize wanting to know, which would shape those questions you might ask. What, what are the things that you think would be ideal to know? I think first, you know, for me, first and foremost, I'd want to know about the onboarding process and the hiring process. Uh, how did they feel that the hiring process went? Uh, what, what gaps can we improve? Uh, you know, because to me, you've touched on this before too, in a leadership role, that's one of your main responsibilities, yeah. right? Is, is, is the people we're bringing in. And if, if our structure, our process is inhibiting that somehow, it's, it's already an uphill battle. I mean, let's just, let's just call a duck a duck, right? Um, at the end of the day, it's, it's, I hate to say the cliche of it's hard to find good people, but I think organizations make it hard to find oh, good people. Oh, that is a great right? statement. Not con- they're not conducive to attracting and bringing good quality people in, man. When you got good quality people that are interested in, and as you said in your example, right, you're seven, eight weeks down the road doing an interview process, that person's probably gone, baby. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> somebody scooped them up yeah. quick, uh, you know, because they, they've had the conversation with them and they're like, oh, this person's sharp. We're going to find them a seat. Um, you know, so looking for those things, uh, and trying to figure out what are we doing in the process? Are we, and sometimes, listen, I had an, or, I had a, a role where I had to travel a lot. So it's not a situation where you could do an interview today and an interview tomorrow necessarily. Sometimes there was some travel that had to happen and there might be some, some things, but then there was coaching around that, that you would provide to the manager. So they were, they were having this conversation ahead of time. Listen, we do a three interview process, right? You went through the second phase. The third phase would be with our regional manager. And that's usually two or three weeks out due to travel. I just want to let you know this up front, you know, so you're setting the tone. So a good qualified applicant, like you said, knows that going into it. They understand that there's, okay, there's a third interview that's going to happen and that's going to be two or three weeks from you, now, right? Based you, off. You want to know one of my favorite questions though to ask, <clears throat> and I think it's touching on, you know, things that you're talking about it, it's to say, if we were to go through this again, what would you like to see different? 
I yeah. mean, yeah. How would you, how would you yeah. improve it? Like, I mean, because it just puts people into a little bit of a different mindset around that. Yeah. If I was going to go through it again, man, the stuff that I learned in week three would have been really helpful to know on day three, <laughs> you know, or, or maybe it's almost vice versa, which is I was overwhelmed on day three. And those were things then that we didn't even touch until, you know, my, the third or fourth week, you know, the second month I was here and I kind of felt like I had to relearn them all again. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't make that such a, an emphasis at the beginning. Oh man, I never thought of it that way. Like that's valuable advice. Yeah. And definitely even in your training process, right? When you're going through that onboarding and that training process, it's great to be asking those questions, even going through it. Like, listen, hey, there's going to be times, there's going to be times that we're going through stuff a mile a minute. Okay. And, and I may miss something or, or I may think that we've covered it pretty well and, and we didn't please let me know. Right. And then you're going back through and saying, Hey, did we have a pretty good understanding of that? Do you feel pretty good about you know, yesterday's topics, right? So you're going back in today saying, hey, before we start today, let's review what we talked about yesterday. What does this mean? What did this look like? How's this? You know, do you feel pretty comfortable with this? Now we're going to move on to today's stuff, right? Um, Because stuff does get missed. And most times you're trying to, right? Like I I just wrote a, uh, helped write a training program and we were looking at a 90-day training program, right? And most organizations can't take 90 days to onboard somebody. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you could look at that. You know, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. You could break it down a couple different ways. And, you know, do they have some some tangible skill, not, et cetera. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about having a clear plan and then a follow-up plan, right? Are you following up with what you said you were going to teach and show and and drive home. And you know, there there's so many <clears throat> again pieces to what you're saying, which is there there's the tactical things to train, software, applications, uh, systems, any of those things. This is how you access this. This is our knowledge base. This is how you use this. And you learn those relatively quick. But there's also then the other pieces of 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 the company that you really want to make sure that you teach and reinforce. But what my experience tells me is that even the best ones are pretty poor at it, which is coming back to something that's incredibly important to me, which is our, our values. Who are we as, as a, as Mm -hmm. a company, our culture, what are our beliefs? And you learn about those when you're researching the company. So if if I'm an applicant and I want to send in my resume and throw my hat in the ring to get this job, I'm doing my homework. I'm looking at, you know, do they have core values? Uh, and, And then maybe in the hiring process, you know, we, we've gotten good at, at telling you about our core values or asking maybe smart hiring questions around that, interview questions around that. However... But am I seeing them too? What's that? Am I seeing them through am, the process? Am, am seeing I seeing that? those things right. through the process? And then that continues right into week one, week two, week three, week four. And if you get some type of feedback, and here's, here's something I've found, is that even though we've gone through the work to tell you or to create the core values and we talked about them, then it then it's the feedback is yeah we didn't really do anything with those since uh, my manager hasn't talked with me about it you know there was going to be this promise that that we would do this um, that I would do like I'd have some sort of assessment on how I'm going great you know and and everybody gets excited about that you know if you're a high powered high achieving high contributor you want to know how you're doing but I I am literally working with clients right now who have missed that in their onboarding. So at 90 days, I literally was doing a zoom just like we're doing. 
having a conversation with them, I said, what can you tell me about the core values that the company has? Because I know they have them. And, sh- and they're like, we haven't oh, talked about them. I don't know them. what they are. You know, <laughs> I know we have them. They, they showed them to me in yeah. the process. They, you know, when I was here for my, my second interview, you know, we, we talked about them, but we haven't done anything with them since. So what a, what a great, like, if you see that as an opportunity to improve versus an opportunity where somebody says you suck, that's, I mean, that's a mindset you're, you're looking at it as how can we get better? Because if those things were, were told to be important or was emphasized that they're going to be important. And then suddenly in your first month or two, they have no importance. Then that's a misalignment. We said something that, it, that we clearly don't believe in. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for me, we talked about setting up these conversation pieces around, uh, you know, the ultimate goal of dignity, prosperity, integrity. And I think about, you know, to me, when I always started these conversations off early on with somebody who I didn't have uh, a relationship with, right? You're trying to establish a relationship that was seeking to understand first. Yeah. You know, you, you want to expand on uh, that personal piece. And it's less about performance early on in the conversations, right? So the first 30, 60, 90 days, we're not really talking about performance. Uh, we're not talking about practice. Uh, but no, we're not talking about performance. You know, we're talking about the person. Tell me about the person and the process that we have in mm-hmm. place. What does our training process look like? How is that? How would you tweak that? What are you seeing? And listen, that person, um, their feedback should be taken and perceived as such, but also understand that they're an individual. So that doesn't mean that we hired James today and James says, the training process needs to be tweaked here and there and this and that. Well, you know, that's one person's perspective. There certainly should be some thought process put into that and say, gosh, what nuggets did James have there that was pretty sound? Or that also could just be the way James learns because uh, everybody's going to learn things differently. But if you're seeing some common patterns, man, the interview process really shouldn't take three months. The interview process really shouldn't take three months yeah. then. That's not a James perspective. That's just a real perspective, yeah. right? It, it, well, you know, it takes um, somebody to have the time, the bandwidth, the authority um, to to be to be able to own what you were just talking about to to track that to to assess that and and it can't fall on the busiest people all the time and and or the executive or the CEO or the business owner because it ain't gonna happen so it, it's got to be on on somebody that is passionate about it and um, wants to take ownership for it. You know who that should be as HR because they don't have anything else going on <laughs> no, in the organization. Nothing else. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a bad joke for those uh, for those for those that haven't yeah, listened to us sorry before. They're, for they're sure doing they're, yeah. They're, yeah they're, they're doing about they're doing about fifty five thousand things yeah. already in the organization. Let's just pile that yeah. on there. Uh, no, but you know, I, I think you said something too. You touched on a great point. It's a time thing, and to me, I've always looked at it this way in a leadership role. Right, I can invest the time up front. Or I can spend the time on the back end. Which one am I going to do? I'd rather invest it up front. Yeah, because if you're spending on the back end, it's probably magnitudes of extra time and emotional negative energy, all those things. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's important uh, that people that are listening to this podcast understand the difference between the verbiage, right? I'm investing and spending. They're two different things. Oh my gosh. And if you're running an organization, you understand the difference between investing and spending. And that's why I said you're investing in the conversation up front or you're going to spend the time in the back. Which one are you going to do? I'm going to invest the time up front right now in this person, in my process, 
intentfully or I'm going to spend the time in the back because if we do a horrible job training you, we've done a bad job building culture, we're not treating you with dignity, we're not operating with integrity, we're not helping you be prosperous, it ain't going to be easy to get rid of you. Yeah. And what damage what damage are you doing in the meantime, right? I've, I've often said that you're better off to have somebody quit and leave than quit and stay. And if you do it bad on the front end, they'll quit and stay and you're in trouble. Mm. Because the old adage is true, one bad apple will spoil a bunch. So you gotta you gotta invest in it up front. You gotta be intentful and invest in it up front. And I know it's not easy. There's gonna be people on this podcast that are listening to us and saying, Wormy, I don't have the time, baby. Well, you gotta find the time because it's it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Right. It, it, you can you can either I can either invest and I'm not talking about James, you and I having a three hour conversation here. This could be a 15, 20, 30 minute conversation. Okay. It doesn't need to be a long conversation. It can be a 20, 30 minute conversation, um, you know, around just, just creating an environment and an open conversation, or you can have, uh, 90 to 120 days on the back end of trying to work out somebody that you maybe should have done a better job up front. Well, again, and and I'm going to be careful here because I'm opening up Pandora's box, but on that back end, if you've hired the wrong person, um, there's ripple effects to that that impact your culture through and through that creates even more drama, more headaches, more, more things that you have to unravel later on. So just, yeah, this is a process where you, you've just got to become committed to excellence with it. And I, I just, it almost sounds cliche. Um, I know there, there is even people that I, when I use the word excellence, they, they kind of revolt against, they just make some weird, you know, they, they don't, they, they think I'm maybe saying something that I'm not, but if we have a humility to us that is willing to be vulnerable and listen to how we can get better, what ways that we can, uh, improve the way that we look through that dignity lens or that integrity lens, that prosperity lens, that all the better it is. I mean, that's, that's the key to all this. So Kevin, if you want to close us out here, can you kind of summarize where we're at and, and maybe what, uh, people who are listening might want to do? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, we, we've talked about a lot of things here in, in this piece. And, and to me, I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm running an organization and I'm listening to this podcast, what am I doing? Right. What do I do? And I think if I could leave you with anything, um, to me, it would be, how am I going to invest up front or spend it in the back? Right. So what we talked about, you know, am I going to invest time in my people up front or am I going to spend time on the back end? And I would encourage you to invest time in understanding your people, the process, right? Uh, making sure that the environment is conducive to success. As they say, you take care of the people, the people take care of your business, right? So what things can I do now that's going to create a conversation piece around integrity, dignity, and prosperity with my organization and make sure that my people are being treated that way. Uh, if, you, if you're going to struggle uh, with that, if you haven't been able to implement that piece now, I would encourage you to reach out to James and myself and we'd love to work with your organization and help you kind of streamline that process and, and see you uh, getting results in that. But I encourage you, uh, you know, to, to, to find a way to invest that time up front and be proactive in building relationships with your people. Uh, there's so many benefits to it, not only from the personal standpoint. I mean, honestly, the personal standpoint is huge. I don't want to underplay that, but it's so much deeper than that. Uh, when, when your people are plugged in and engaged and they know you care, they will move mountains for you. 
Well said. Uh, they will move mountains. And and I'll, t- I'll tell you this piece too, when we talk about uh, seeking to understand, the people have the answers. I know, I know <laughs> I've worked for people that have these glamorous titles and they think they got all the answers. And, and sometimes they do. Uh, sometimes they do. And sometimes the folks that work for them that are in the field every day that have the boots on the ground that are out on the shop floor, right. That are pushing brooms. They got really good answers, <laughs> but nobody ever asks. Point. Nobody well, ever and, asks. And I'll, nobody just asks. to chip in here as we, as we wind out, um, no one has all the answers. Do they not one person? No. I don't care what your title <laughs> says or how, what your tenure says or your strengths finder report says no one has all the answers. And, and when you can mind that you just drive engagement. We talk about engagement here is a, and that's not a leading, it's a, la- a lagging indicator. So if you want to have a higher engaged in, uh, workforce, engage them, <laughs> ask them, get their input and then do something with it. So Hey, good stuff mm-hmm. today. I, I, I love that last 10 minutes where you just were dropping bombs right and left there. Yeah, I think it's important too that if you found this episode uh, beneficial, even in the slightest bit, I encourage you to to share it with somebody else uh, You know that you think it'll make an Absolutely. impact with. There's, there's other people out there. There's other people in your circle uh, that this may resonate with. Uh, not only this episode, but I promise you there will be episodes uh, pre and post that will definitely resonate and speak to you at some level. We have uh, a profound amount of uh, things that topics we're going to cover and some insights and things that we'll share and some ways that you can execute and implement in your organization to get the desired results. So well said, because there is no arrival when it comes to integrity, dignity, and prosperity. Ain't no arrival. No, just the journey, my <laughs> friend. True. Just the journey. Yeah.